Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pretty Lies and Ugly Truths, where you can either die with the lie or the truth will set you free. And I am the Alex E. Miller, and that lovely voice of reason you just heard was it's Toya Vegan Mamiana. And as we always do here at Pretty Lies and Ugly Truths, we allow the guests to introduce themselves. So treat it like the first day of school, first day on the job, tell us everything <laughs> we don't know, what we should know, what we need to know, et cetera, et cetera. Whenever you're ready, the floor is yours. Hi, y'all. I'm Lisa Raw. Nice to meet y'all. <laughs> it's like we've been knowing each other now. <laughs> right. Thank you for having me on this wonderful show. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Despite the technical difficulties in the beginning, but we good. We're here yeah, now. It's all right. Hey, we, we great, we're grateful to have you. We're grateful to have you. So, um, first off, where'd, where'd you get the name, Lisa Raw? I mean, Lisa, I've heard that name before, but you know, raw at the end. It's a reason that you put that at the end. What makes Lisa so raw? It's my name. Oh, that really is your last name. It's, it's my name. Yeah, I figured oh that. That's God. dope. That is dope. <laughs> it's like uh, Carrie Champion. I think that's her real last name from ESPN, or she used to be with ESPN. I'll play with you. It is my name, but it's my name. But uh, <laughs> yeah. okay, she had started. me going. I was like, what? right? No, I'd be like, everybody's like, how'd you get that name? I'll tell. Well, I can't be born with the last name Raw. They're like, man, that's cold. But nah, actually, <laughs> I got it. Um, it's a it's a short for my last name. It's uh, shortened, but I used to do spoken word in uh, my very young, my youthful years. I used to do a lot of poetry, and um, right, we still there right now. Yeah. So when I was uh, when I used to perform, um, everyone would be like, man, Lisa, you man, you so raw. And that's really, uh, they're, and they're like, man, you, you Lisa Raw. And I was like, Lisa Raw, yeah. Yeah, I like so it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep that and run with that because I had my full last name. I was just like, nah, we're going we gonna to do it like this. And it's just been with me ever since. So it's, um, I feel like it is my last name at this damn point. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. That's, that's what it is right there. I that's, like that. Which, um, the spoken word, like what, what is it uh, about that? that um interest you you know was it something that you did like since you were a child or was it somebody that you know heard you talking one day and was like hey you should get into this like what made you go that direction um well a little bit of both i started in i started originally my career in the hospitality industry um but as a hobby i always loved to write like i just from a child i love everything in the as a creator so from drawing, writing, um, I used to write songs, but um, I played instruments. Mm -hmm. So writing to me was just always like a normal passion, reading. Uh, so naturally, just as, I guess like as any creator, you find something that will just help you, I guess like your diary. I think a lot of women, not girl, females from, like I could say this, a lot of my friends and I know a lot of other ladies, when we were growing up, we have our journals or our dear diary and it's, you know, it was therapeutic. So I used to just write a lot. And um, at a point, I really thought I could be a rapper. Right. I can't sing, but <laughs> I was like, you know, maybe I can drop a couple bars. So um, mm -hmm. actually, it's funny, though, in elementary, that's all I used to do. Just like, you know, during your recess breaks, you just, you know, do your little one, two, one, two. But um, as I got into <laughs> high school, um, I think you just gravitate to other writers and it just, it was therapeutic. So I used to do a lot of just open mics and perform. 
Um, and it was just more or less like a hobby. But from that, it transitioned for me hosting, um, like from comedy shows or um, other events. And then actually because of poetry, I was able to then migrate into where I at in my career. That was actually my real introduction to the industry because then that migrated me to being a female MC on the mic because I was just so comfortable with just being on stage and speaking or doing something that was, I guess, you know, to break the tension and not have the fear factor. Gotcha. Right. So that's what writing and uh, the poetry first started with me, which is like still my, my baby to this day. I, I still enjoy writing. Okay, that's what's up. That's good. That's good. Is it anywhere out there right now where um, we're able to experience that to break some of the tension that we deal with on a daily basis? Or You know what? No, not as yet. But I am working on a book. So I'm actually uh-huh. writing my first book. And um, it's a combination, I will say, it's a combination of um, like a series. I'm writing a series book, but there are parts of it that has my poems in it, too. Okay. Yeah, so, um, but what, you will have it soon. Right, <laughs> there will be, right. but right now, no. There's, there's no uh, footage of me uh, doing any poetry online. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to need exclusive copies of that book when it comes out. One day, yes, yes, for sure. Yes, you guys will both yes. have it. Yes. <laughs> I uh, read in the, the Voyage uh, MIA uh, mm-hmm. article where you had put, you've experienced different trials and tribulations from personal to business but you never lost your faith and dedication to your purpose um only because i heard you use it you know the phrase break the tension um is that something you always felt was your purpose uh break breaking tension like because you know a lot of times people that are in your field you know whether it be a creative in front of the camera behind the camera they were the ones when everybody was down in school they was keeping everybody's spirits up so i didn't know if it was always like that for you Um, I think for any person that works in entertainment, you, you deal with a lot of pressure. Um, you know, we're all trying to build, build our portfolios and, you know, you deal with real life situations too, whereas a lot of you have to do problem solving. I think my faith really just comes from, I'm Muslim. So I think a lot of my practices and my discipline comes from Islam um where it's such a disciplined religion and i've been able to implement that in my business and i feel because of those daily practices that i have as because of islam i've been able to grow and flourish in my business now um of course you know we all have bad days and you know there's times when you're like this sucks and you know um that's like you know and i think for anybody pressure is probably the most when you want to get something done and you feel like you just can't do it because whatever something's blocking you I feel like you just have to also remember what your purpose is Mm -hmm. and that's always going to just catapult you but I use prayer obviously God to me is like my number one in anything that I do and um but yeah I mean I guess yeah I guess I try I try to just remember what what I'm here to do Right. And that just helps me migrate through everything. And like, again, I said, we all gonna have bad days, but if you remember what your purpose is mm-hmm. and what you stand on, I think you'll be all right. Mm. Well, and it's okay to also let go. Like, and I think, you know, I think like, I'm just saying that to say like, sometimes we as people were like, oh, I want this, this is what I need. And I, I need right. to get this done, but it's okay mm-hmm. to also just reassess and be like, maybe it's not for you as well. Mm-hmm. So. Gotcha. 
Can you mention like the different adversities or the ups and downs that you've experienced in yeah. your business and life in general that maybe had to played into everything you had going on around you? I think one of the biggest adversities for me, well, I'll say, start with a challenge. Let me say that one of the biggest challenges, and then I guess I'll go into the adversity part. Um, definitely the challenge was moving from another country and moving to here to, you know, to the States about five years ago was a very big challenge. Mm -hmm. um, just not having family or, you know, the your family or childhood friends and you just like literally you yourself in a suitcase and a carry on and just figuring it out. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the biggest challenges. Um, in regards to business, I think when I say adversity, it's like, I don't, that's a good question because I don't want to look at it as an as a adversity. I feel like death or something like detrimental is one of the, like the ones that like hangs you up. But, um, I think, um, definitely like as a female, you know, independent, you know, entrepreneur, it is challenging when you're not, you know, familiar and you have to build relationships and resources and try to figure mm -hmm. things out from scratch. I think that's, you know, it is difficult. We are coming in. And I think it's very, like, at the same time, like, I don't want to make it seem like a broken record when we say, us women, we have to set yeah. the tone. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel right. like it is. That's, that's real life. It is. Real but, life. you know, yeah. I feel like at this point, it's like, I don't want to piggyback off of that. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. I am a woman. Yeah, yeah you're right. Like, mm -hmm. I get it. You're no bro. victim in this. We're not yeah. victims. You know what I'm right. saying? When those, those things may occur, we're still not a victim. Well, we don't want to claim being a victim of anything. You know what I mean? And especially, especially I can hear that as a strong woman as you are. You like, you'll look some shit in the eye. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you got a, you got a problem. Okay. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> and uh, that's really what it is. I think, you know, I, again, right. like, I think it's important that just like, I think strategy mm, is mm. like key to everything. Like, mm. I, I, and I say that like, it's not just for being a woman. I think it's just like for people in general, I think you just have to look at how to strategize and problem solve. I think like my father always, and cause mind you, like, again, my father's like Muslim, a Muslim man. And that was his teachings to me is figure out what the problem is and then resolve it. So right. I think like, there's an answer to everything in life. Um, but I will say the biggest challenging, the biggest challenge was the initial step coming here on my own and starting right. shit from scratch. Um, but I think like, you know, and the second part is maintaining and staying, mm. staying consistent. It's yes. also a next thing. And I think you also have that pressure mm -hmm. once you're, sometimes you have like a very hot, maybe six months or a year or two years, you're just like, boom, boom, boom. And you're going yeah. And then you go through a drought and then people are looking at you like, oh, what's she doing? What are you up to? Right. And there goes the and, pressure. Yeah. And then yeah. that's the, that's where I feel people can start building. Oh, the adversity yeah. is starting. Oh, what is, like, what is she up to? Oh, she, oh, she, man, she fell off, you know? So, so does a, <laughs> yeah. you know, but again, that's like a, you know, that's real things. And, you know, that's obviously fair. money comes into play with those, but yeah. I feel like that is probably the biggest, like, how do you keep your momentum when things aren't going right? Right. So gotcha. you being from um, another country, where? Toronto. Toronto, Canada. Toronto, Canada. Oh, you're lucky. Okay. <laughs> but, oh. <laughs> I just. I, I, I just like not done the gunshots. <laughs> I'm not 
yeah, you, yeah, that was a goddamn, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang, I I'm not the one to like, act like I know about some shit I don't know about, but all I've ever heard was good shit, but I'd be like, can I cross the border? Like, motherfucker, <laughs> okay? Like, <laughs> tell him you know Lisa Ross. shit going on over there. Lord, Jesus. <laughs> Man, you're more than welcome. Come to Canada, come to Toronto. I know right now this is a very interesting year, but especially yeah. next year, come in the summertime, like Carabana. Uh, summertime is amazing in Toronto. Toronto's a dope city. I really I'm believe just- we, we, we produce like a lot of geniuses in uh our little in our little city town i'm, I'm telling you it's uh toronto got some dope shit um beautiful people culture food it's right. it's, it's amazing toronto like dope. healthcare and shit you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know shit you're just supposed to care about when it's your people that you take care you know what i'm saying i mean from what i hear i don't know but, no it's it's true i remember when i first moved here and just like i was just uh talking to my girlfriend the other day about this like my birthday is this month and every year i go for my physical and i'm like all right when i first moved here i'm like i'm gonna go get just a regular physical get you know it's natural you just want to check up on your on yourself right. mm-hmm. and i remember i was like this is my first time having to okay let me get to know your medical, uh, I guess, your system over here. My goodness, when they gave me a list of like, all right, well, what do you want done? And I have to check of like all this stuff. And they're like, it's going to cost the things that I thought were standard, just oh, normal, man. okay, blood work, physical, like eyes, everything. No. Man. And when they gave me that bill, I was like, dang. For the basics? Just, <laughs> for the basics. <laughs> and I was just like. If I was a, you know, one, if I was a student, a single mom, a senior, yeah. I'm like, I don't know how, how you would survive. Crazy. Because, and it, it's so. How like, are we? I don't know. Yeah. And it's sad for you to think about it because then from that, it actually triggered me to um, take a little bit. It, like I've always been healthy and I'm going to say I've always been active in my life. My father always made me go um, vegetarian half, like, like half year, uh, for the first six months of the year when I was growing up, he's like, okay. well, you know, it's not, we don't need pork, but he's like, you need to clean your system. You need to fast. A certain right. way. Mm-hmm. So oh, when I moved here, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to do a little bit more homework on mm-hmm. the food and the system here. And I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, damn, I'm like, and it's unfortunate because that is why the, I feel like American society health is such at a bad at a bad condition oh, because you don't know have it. the privilege of just wanting to go check yourself out the yeah. doctor and then the options that you have to eat oh man are yeah it's like terrible of course everyone's gonna want to go to the dollar menu because anything that seems to be healthy or you just don't know it it's like yeah and yeah. it's you become yeah it's sad so i will say i do oh. miss our my health care <laughs> Is it right? That's all I be thinking about when I think of Kim. I'm like, damn, y'all lucky as hell. Like, they love y'all for real. Like, I would love to be somewhere where they love us. <laughs> right. Well, the, ta- the taxes are different. The taxes are definitely yeah. different over there as well. Yeah, but when you look at it in hindsight, yes, we do pay, um, like, in the city of Toronto, our taxes is 13%. And I know in hindsight, just like, dang, that may be a lot. But mm. in theory, when your education, like, our public school education oh, is probably is as good as a private school over Thank here. Thank you. So, so like, then, why not at that point? Yeah, and if you're in the like, best, I mean, well, go ahead and take it. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, if I think anyone that has children or, you know, wants to continue their education, yeah. of course, why wouldn't you want to have the best of the best? And then you look at it in health-wise, like, of course, like, hey, man, I don't feel good. I need 
Yeah. I need help. And I think the right. good thing is because of that is where I feel when you see a medic here in the States, mm-hmm. the first thing is prescription. Oh, yeah. It's like, let's sell you on something. You got to fight something. with them. Yeah. And whereas I feel in Canada is more like, let's really see what we could do or what the real issue is because they're not moved off the dollar. I knew I was in the wrong place. I've been saying that shit forever. <laughs> I, man, I swear, like, for when you say Canada, that was, like, the best shit I could ever hear. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, that's, that's where it's at right there, man. Like, right, and I but- feel like that's a win, win situation because me personally, me and him are both vegan. And mm-hmm. I'm huge on, like, food is, like, your life. So it's, like, right. your, your health is your life. So it's, like, you're Yo, good. Yeah, you live in somewhere that's providing good food at a affordable, you know, price and stuff like that. And then you got a good education. Like, you're going to probably even be more powerful in the sense of getting money. So them taxes ain't going to fucking matter. You know Correct. what I'm saying? I'm not going to, I'm not saying that's for sure in every household, because I'm sure there's struggle everywhere. But still, right. like, I, you know, I know it just got to be better numbers. It got to be. I mean, no, for sure. Providing the best. I mean, people are going to do their best. You know? Right. No, and I agree. Like you said, like um, like you said, I was like, you are what you eat. At the end of the day, it's yeah. that helps you in your mind and how you feel your spirit. Because I do remember there was times when I wouldn't eat any, and I remember this more or less like in the beginning stages, like of because I did be, I was vegan for a short period of my life, and then I would go yeah. back to being a pescatarian, or then I'll just right. have my turkey. I used to, you know, balance out my food and whatnot. But I remember when my dad used to make me. He's like, you got to be a vegetarian for right. And I remember, I'll just be like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> so what was, what was the regimen? You said it was like, you have, your dad will make you be vegetarian for the first six, months, six months, months of, yeah, of the year. For the six months of the year. Like I'd have to go veggie for the first six months of the year. But I had, mm-hmm. but keep in mind, like on my father's side of the family, we have a lot of Muslims and, you know, we have our safarians on that end. And on my mother's side, a lot of Christians and Catholics, right? Oh, okay. So huh. I was very diverse of learning different religions and practice culture. So in Rastafarian culture, it's all herbs, everything like natural, yeah. everything's plant-based. Everything. <laughs> yeah. So on that end of the scale, it's like, I'm very privy to, um, you know, like what it is for your health and your spirit. And I remember when I used to do that, like I'm not eating no meat, no nothing. And then when I went back to eating meat, I remember I would have nightmares for the first week. Oh. And I, and it was like, but I remember this particularly like when I was, I was like, dang, I'm like, that's because I remember feeling lighter and peaceful. But I yeah. promise you that first week of when I used to go back to eating meat, because in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I want a chicken. I'm like, I want yeah, to get chicken. Yeah, and, and that's like the biggest thing. Like, how do you say no to chicken? Like, right. <laughs> like a fried chicken. Seriously. Yeah, so then I'm like, damn. But I remember that. And, and I was like, I would have nightmares or just a craving oxtail anything like that goat like it was yeah. just like but i remember i used that nightmare for the first week yeah wow yeah so, but now i try to like i still have a balanced diet balance like, it now yeah yeah like last year i was vegan for the full year and then i went back to eating um i went back to eating meat and so forth but i would still have like let's just say i would practice for like three or four days of the week i'm doing like a veggie veggie diet and then i'll still put my meat in there so i don't know what that is i'm very conscious of I, like, like you said, you are what you eat. And I do believe that the meat has a lot of chemicals and a lot of things that we don't need in our system. Yes. Um, so I try to do my best 
you balancing it. I don't yeah. put I don't push that. I don't push that shit on nobody to be real. I don't like go be vegan. I have four daughters for one. Right. So I, I right. practice that in my own home, not doing that. So I'm definitely not gonna do that to other people. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I just feel like it's a way, like I'm gonna cook. And they're getting like to the point where they don't even like certain meat now. They just naturally, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I just cook it in a way like bake it, you know what I mean? Or not mm-hmm. overload on so much of this, you know? So I think it's just a balance with everything because I went, when I went into vegan, I went into a detox. I did a detox for 30 days, way too long. The way, the way I was doing it. And I was sick. <laughs> I was sick as hell. I got sick and I, I had to like, for real, like, nourish my body back even though I was detoxing mm-hmm. but because you can really overdo anything you know mm-hmm. so that's the point it doesn't matter how healthy it is or how bad it is you got to balance everything so that's I agree we're, gr- we're growing up in a, in a household where you said your, your pops was Muslim and your mom mm-hmm. was Christian right well, yeah my own parents weren't together but weren't um, together. Oh, yeah okay. so, I, I, so I was so I was when I was back and forth for sure then yeah, so it was a lot, yeah. but my mother, like, she, her family size from Catholic and Christian, my mother, my mother was never really religious, um, but okay. her family, that's, that, their background, my father, though, completely, like, it's, we Muslim, period, right, like, right. Gotcha. <laughs> ain't he standing on Islam, <laughs> walk in this door, much. that's what we do, so, so with, um, with you being in the entertainment industry, right, how how was that? Because, you know, you have some people who they may find themselves conflicted, you know, with a lot of things that go on in the industry, you know what I'm saying, in regards to, you know, their faith, uh, with, right. you know, people that are Muslim. But then you have some people where it's like they're able to, to see the nuance, you know what I'm saying, and not right. overthink it to where they feel like, oh, okay, I can't, you know, be so engulfed in that that culture. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I Look, was your pops... Was he, you know, very supportive of you getting into the entertainment industry or? Well, my, that's a good, very good question. Very good question, by the way. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to answer that in two parts. Okay. Um, my father, in his regards to like Islam and his teachings and practices for me was to always be on my dean and never... Uh, put yourself in a position that jeopardizes your integrity mm. and your respect. Mm-hmm. So my dad always put that. That was number one. I'm a woman. I'm a woman of of this practice and his daughter. Mm-hmm. So I got to hold myself to a certain level. Um, so that one, I think, was just growing up was very clear on how I requested to be treated. Right. Um, and I, I'm very grateful that my father had passed away when I was about I can't even say like twenty five when I was twenty five. Um, no, it's okay. Thank you. Uh, but in but he I will say gave me those teachings as you know from a little girl that you hold yourself in a certain way and you know my dad like my father like I come from a like again my father is a very strong Muslim man mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. those practices are it's that clean. healthy pressure. It's yeah, a healthy it's, pressure. Yeah, like, it's a healthy pressure. But it also <laughs> reminds you to refine yeah. yourself. And then when you find yourself in situations where um, it's challenge or it's trying to jeopardize your teachings in life, mm-hmm. to you know take a moment to be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, realign it. So right. I'll say, I'll say with that. Um, secondly, in regards to the entertainment, I think when uh, when I was about sixteen, seventeen, at that time, I didn't think I necessarily knew exactly what I wanted at that time I was a little bit all over the place mm-hmm. again I loved writing 
I love cooking because it was just, I'm a, come from a very domestic family. So I was like, mm-hmm. man, I want to have a restaurant. So my dad's like, all right, cool. Like, let's, what we got to do? Like, you know, I'm right. like, dad, I want to play. I want to be a boxer. Right, cool. We're gonna put you in. We're gonna put you in boxing. We're gonna put you in soccer. Like my dad right. was always very supportive in encouraging me to figure out my lane. Um, okay. Once I started getting into the nightlife, my the biggest one was don't drink. <laughs> was like, no, you don't drink. But don't start that shit, <laughs> right? You know. But um, I think you know. I think it's hard because you coming from like Easter, like you know, you come from like my father's an Indian African man, so we have this is there's the western culture and there's an eastern like the upbringing so there's two different Mm -hmm. type of teachings in life and i think um like today i was watching i wake up every day and i try to watch some type of prayer some type of scripture um and it was talking about happiness and happiness is people justify a lot of stuff like oh they're happy they're happy they're happy but then you also got to remember your happiness also just because doing crack and they're happy when they're high off of that shit but that don't make it right either Mm. right you get what I'm saying? And then people yeah. use, well, because they're happy, it's, oh, well. Like, it's okay. It's, it's okay when it's not. So, right. I think you just have to be mindful of what you do at the end of the day. I got, you know, I got to put my head down at the pill- on every pillow, like everybody else. I got to lay my head down in my right. bed. And I think if I could sleep with it um, and not feel ashamed of what I'm doing, it's okay. But I also have to be very mindful that, again, I'm coming from a strong right teaching so i gotta be um on point with that so yeah i would say my father was definitely always supportive what i did but as long as i wasn't jeopardizing and you know like my integrity um being and maintaining like i'm a a spitting image of him Mm -hmm. um and i think that was mainly it and then i mean of course you know we're humans and i was young too of course i made my mistakes in my life where i'm Mm -hmm. sure he wasn't too fond about but hey man I'm still standing today <laughs> right exactly and you you know you are human you know so everybody so, goes something right you coming over here five five years ago you said right yeah okay like there's a lot that you've accomplished within those five years um you. you know all the way down from you know you've been involved in uh helping put together the red carpet for the bt awards um mm-hmm. as well as uh puma events with rock nation uh, I've seen an event that you did, I think, with uh, with uh, Bam from Miami Heat, PJ Tucker, you know, things yeah. like that. These are, and, and even the American Black Film Festival and your relationship with Headliner, um, Headliner Market Group. So all of those different things, right? You have some people who might do what you do, have who have started doing this maybe like 10 years ago, right? So if you wouldn't mind, just speak to how in five years you can yeah. come over here and then just hit the ground running. I mean, at this point, it's like, you got wings, you're flying. Like, how, how <laughs> just kind of, you know, talk about how you were able to get as far as you've gotten in that short amount of time. Well, th- first off, thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, I think the biggest part to my, I guess, my speed of, compared to probably somebody else, which is I was very ambitious is because I had nothing here. Like, nothing stopping me. I had no children, mm-hmm. no boyfriend, no family, just me, myself, and right. ambition. So I had no reason to, what am I, what am I wasting my time on? And um, because I think that dedication, I literally was, like, living and breathing. Like, I got to be successful. I got to work. I got to, I, I was so invested. Yeah. Um, to the point it low-key was an obsession to me of just, like, my ambition just to achieve certain stuff. Um, 
but luckily I, my, I did a lot of my groundwork. It started from Toronto. Just, you know, like I said, I started from being like from doing the poetry. I ended up being a female MC in the club. And then I would, then from there, I stopped doing that. I started throwing the parties myself. So I built a lot of my groundwork in my city where, you know, being a pioneer, being one of the top female promoters in my city, opening two after hours, doing things that was different and building relationships with other promoters all around the world as well. And I think those relationships helped me um, transcend over here. And I'm very appreciative to that because um, I do believe your relationships is a form of currency. Right. And for I sure. think Facts. You know, and I think a lot, you know, I think because of that, I've been very grateful and mindful of the friends that I've built along the way. And, you know, that's very resourceful. And I think, you know, I used to say, man, you can't have problems if you have some really good friends in your side. And, you know, I think you just have to know who's in your circle or who appreciates your work. And that's where I've been able to, you know, at least maneuver how I have been in Miami. And I'm grateful for Miami in itself for accepting me um, because, you know, I'm, Again, I'm not from here, but mm -hmm. I was, I've been able to produce some production and work with people that, you know, of high caliber. And, you know, I'm just really grateful for that. But I will say it's really my relationship that started from my groundwork in my city in Toronto. And then also just, you know, just staying ambitious and staying with the focus of what I want to get done. Right. Mm. And what do you say, what is it about yourself that um, makes you different or helps you gain this trust with the the list of people that you work with in the industry. You know what I mean? Like, what is, can you say about yourself with it? You know, um, I would say the trust started mainly because I always try to be, well, one, a lot of my jobs have always been based off of a referral because mm -hmm. someone has worked with me or gone to an event of mine or experienced and had like the, man, I had a really great time at her, at her like function. the word of mouth, right? Yeah. And um, I always try to incorporate like good music, good people, mm -hmm. great fashion. Like I always wanted people to feel like when you walked into something that I produced, it was a feeling. Right. It wasn't just like the show. It was a feeling like from like even when you walked into the room, did it smell good? Right. Like, did, Yes. Like, you know, it was the detail that I put into it. And again, these are things that started as from like, as a child, like, you know, I, I have like six brothers and sisters. So mm -hmm. it's like, I have a, I come from a big family. I have a lot of God brothers and sisters, a lot of cousins. So it's the detail of, and maybe that's like, you know, my mother being very domesticated. Okay, well, let me cook. Let me, let me see what, what makes you feel good. I love candles. I love yeah. the, the scent of aroma. Um, okay. The lighting, man, you know what? that table needs to be fixed a certain way. It just doesn't look appealing. Yeah. Like there's things that I would do to just make people feel mm. versus it was just a party. And I think that mm. that has been my biggest, um, my biggest blessing to give okay. people that feeling of an experience. And then also obviously the fashion, I love fashion. So it's, that's the next thing. It's like, of course, when you want to go somewhere and you feel like, man, every every man going to look fly. He right, gonna have his, fly. Yeah, he's going to have a great cologne on. You know, the women are going to look, they're going to be on point. Right. So it, you get excited. I wanted that feeling for every production that I could do. It's like that feeling when you was in high school and you're about to go to prom. Like right. that excitement. I always wanted to give people that excitement. So, right. I mean, a lot of my business came from referrals. 
Um, and I, I find myself to be a fair businesswoman. Um, and I try my best to, you know, maintain that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's not jeopardizing my integrity or my value. Um, and, you know, that has been like one of my, like, I guess that's, that's probably like the biggest yeah. key of it at all. Right. right. Speaking speaking of keys, you had uh, hosted the uh, the BET Awards uh, mm -hmm. party with DJ Khaled, um, and then you know he's you know obviously with Rock Nation, and then you did the Puma event with Rock Nation. Which which one of those came first, and was that kind of a thing where, you know, from what you did there, is that how that came about? Like, well, that's actually um, so that that story there is actually very interesting okay so there's kind of two parts to that one um that event originally started the bt uh red carpet event that i was i did it was actually the first one i did was in 2017 and that was um my two-year mark in miami at that point i was in the transition of staying with headliner or going independent gotcha. um and the reason why because like i said i've been doing this nightlife for so many years mm -hmm. it I, I didn't feel that I wanted to do like clubs anymore. I wanted to do the experience. Like I'm, so, I know these yeah. people, I've built relationships with artists, with management for so long. Let me do your album release. Hire me to do your, mm. like a single release, a dinner party, whatever the case is. But you know what? Matter of fact, I'm gonna throw you guys a production. <sighs> well, I'm gonna show the city what it's about. I'm gonna, so that okay. was actually a two part. It was my birthday originally that was supposed to, I was going to do it in September of 2017, but then Hurricane Irma came. Um, oh, so then, I, ironically, it, but the way things, you know, God, how God be, he was like, you know what? I'm going to give you BET. I was like, cool. I'm going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was talking to actually Fat Joe, who I love, and I, I think he's an amazing mentor. Um, and Fat Joe did a lot of, he did a lot of great favors for me in, in, in my business, shall I say, even stuff like that with uh, Headliner, we did a documentary. He allowed me to conduct a lot of uh, the interviews. He just always looked out for me. Yeah. Um, so when I was telling Joe, I'm like, listen, man, I'm like, I'm trying to do this BET event. Um, and I'm like, but you know, I'm in the midst of trying to decide whether I want to stay as a promoter or go independent as a event planner. And Joe's like, leave mama what you need baby <laughs> so i remember he was like man we're gonna do this we're gonna do something dope and his manager is a great friend of mine uh rich and he was like listen lee he's like whatever you need to get done we're gonna make it work for you so i end up booking joe and i would say joe was probably like joe and rich were one of the two people that put the like the extra battery on my back to say you could do this because I think my fear was and I was of course like one I'm not from here too I was you know under the umbrella of a, a big massive company um so that like I already took a leap of faith and now I gotta take another leap of faith like now really really go by myself you know right. like and then yeah. you know the hesitancy or this would be the part of adversity like does it look like I'm shitty on them or abusing their relationship did, will I look right. bad in the mix because then you start having your conscience play on you when yeah. it's like man, but I just don't want to do night nightlife anymore. I want to do production. Like, I want to do something yeah. grand. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Joe was like, and Richie, they're like, they put the two battery in my back, and they're like, no, you could do this, man. We're we going to help you. What you need from us? So I was like, listen, can you host it? And he was like, yeah. yeah. He's like, we can do that. I was like, oh, so I didn't even, like, I was like, I was shooting my shot, but you know when you say something, I'm like, oh, and he was like, yeah, I got you. And he's like, we're going to make it dope. So um, he actually got Callie to show up. And then I got Zoe Dollars, which 
which is like, I love Zoe. Obviously, he's here from Miami. Um, and his manager, Dizzy, um, at the time, we just like, it's like my, bro- my people. It's just like, you know, family. We grew up a family base. And that's how the first production happened with that. So I will say my first BT red carpet event um, turned out to be a success because of certain parties. And they seen my work that I did with Headliner and I guess the relationships I built. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was able to deal with one of the reps at BT that said, you know what, we'll make this exclusive. We'll cover the event. Um, and then I was able to get gift bags. It was really, it was really cool, man. It was like, honestly, and then what made it even more special is because I chose a venue that people weren't accustomed to going to, um, just to kind of set the tone and the caliber, because I still wanted it to feel industry, but not like bourgeois, just more like, no, you know, you come in somewhere, you got to dress up, you know, you have to, it's it's a different tone. And the timing that I picked was, um, I'm like, you know, I'm going to do it from, I think that time, because I called my party, I called it six in the garden. And I'm like, you know, I'm from Toronto. I was like, let me start this. Maybe I'll start this. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I had this doing. beautiful venue that I just decked out with floral decor and it was gorgeous. It was in the Miami design district. And um, again, I put, make sure like when you walked in, it smelled like the aroma was dope. The yeah. LED lighting. I had like certain details. That I, had, I think believe that first year I had a sponsor through, um, I'm going to say Kavase might have been the sponsorship for that first year. And it was, I had, it was really beautiful. Um, but I will say my favorite part to that was um, I remember getting a phone call um, maybe like two days before the event through, I, I won't say the person's name, but they called me and they're like, hey, um, Lisa, I'm just going to give you a heads up. There's another event happening the same time as yours. Oh. Uh, so they're like, I, you know, like, and this person's been in the game for years. So I suggest you just, you, you might as well pull the plug on yours. Like, cause it's not oh, going to be a good look. And I remember looking like taking that call. I was like, first off in my head, I'm like, this motherfucker. Oh, I remember that. I remember, I remember I was, I was, I was in Miami when that, oh, I know yeah. what part are you talking? I'm joking. I'm getting, you, I'm getting you back from how you got me at the beginning with the with the Ross with the Ross my real last name. I had to get you back. Right. Keep going up. So and I remember being like, well, you know, I'm like, I think that's really great that they got their own event happening. And I'm like, let the best man win. I'm like, let the best man win. Right. And, I know that's right. And let me hold, because God is good. Them same people came to my party because they shit got shut down. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, man, y'all welcome. Come on in. If y'all need a table, come on in. Right. Really Winners yeah. don't quit, baby. Winners nah. don't quit. No, nah, but but that's how that, that first BT event happened. And again, it was also like the inspo really started if I were to retract was um because the usual annual BT events happen always in LA. Mm-hmm. Um the hip hop awards have always been in Atlanta. So going to LA a lot, um, I, I, like I've had, like again, I've had the privilege of knowing a lot of pr- different promoters, and just like my Rolodex is really in the music entertainment industry. Mark Pitts um, does an amazing uh, BT Sunday closeout party every mm-hmm. every year in LA. Like, maybe I want to say this might, I don't know, this could have been who knows how many years he's been doing his, but right. probably like top five, one of the best parties I've ever been to. And I remember I was like, man, I gotta do that in Miami. I gotta have all the right people. And I, like all the right people, and I don't want no ropes. I don't want none of that stuff. I just want everybody dressed up, whether you're an artist, an mm-hmm. influencer. But of, like, I wanted, I wanted to feel regal, and I wanted that black excellence inside of the inside of the venue. And I just didn't want to feel like, okay, 
celebrities on this side, clientele, like, you know, or, yeah. you know, regular. I don't want that. I want none. Yeah. We all together. Exactly. So, I re- so watching Mark Pitts, um, you know, attending a few of his events, I was like, man, this is amazing. Um, and if anybody know Mark Pitts is behind, like, he's a lot Diddy. of phenomenal arts. Yeah, he's like, you know, he's a, he's, that man's a magician. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, then with Joe, uh, you know, and uh, Rich were helping me with that, it was, that's what I was able to get DJ Khaled. And, you know, they extended a lot of, a lot of, a lot of help, I should say. They helped me out a lot. And then the, the Puma event that you did, how did that end up coming about? Puma, so, so this is, so now with Joe, because of my interviews and doing that with like Headliner and then he's seen the event that I did, um, but a lot of my stuff when I was working with Headliner was doing Headliner TV because I felt at that time, what can I add to this company that they don't have? They already got, you know, their, you know, their two weekly nights down to a science, um, like, at this point, the only thing I could say is say, I'm going to book a table, get my friends in, clientele in, but that wasn't, I didn't feel it was enough for myself. So I'm like, I'm going to do the media department. Um, and because of handling the content end and creating that new lane and, you know, which helped me build more relationships, Joe was like, yo, I'm starting this. Um, I'm going to say, I think he had a podcast called Coca Visions at that time. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was on title and, you know, he's managed through Rock Nation and he's That's like, right. yo, Lee, yeah. yeah, and he was like, yo, Lee, I need help. He's like, you know, you go with the questions, you know how to do the interviews. He's like, like, you know, this is new to me. Can you help me out? I was like, all right, bet. Um, so I'm like, well, who's directing it? And he was like, man, I got, I got the goat of them all, Eve Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know Eve um, uh, very well. Eve is like, I call him like Uncle Eve to me. Uh, and so when I went with Joe, uh, with Rich and them and the whole production, I was just basically, uh, that's how that relationship started which then worked out with um getting to know emery um or vegas i guess vegas jones yeah yeah and um he was the one i guess had seen like the the productions that i had did and seeing that like even when they reach out he's like yo and i guess like the the relationship via eve and um this other individual named chop and joe they were like man you need to know lisa she does some dope events and like she got it going on so I had spoke to Vate, um, Emery. He was like, yo, I want to do something in Miami. So I, sh- it was so funny. I won't, I have this annual event um, called Gladiator Children, Gladiator Children. And the purpose of that, um, there was a point in my life where I was in foster care and group homes, um, mm-hmm. just due to like my parents, you know, and as a, shit happens in life. Right. So I think um, my whole purpose was I think when you're a child, you don't understand your ability of strength that you have within you. And you are literally a fighting spirit if you, mm. if you hone into it. So I was like, you know what? I, I feel there's a lot of kids are in, that are dealing with real life adversities. And, you know, and I think that's like at their, at like their young age point. Um, I wanted to do something for them. So I said, I'm like, I'm going to do gladiator children because I feel they have a spirit that mm. are like warriors. Yeah. I had reached out to Emery um literally like via dm and i, I man when i mean i used to te- dm everybody j-lo kim kardashian <laughs> you name it everybody i'm like listen i have this thing i'm doing um and i want you to look at it and i have put together this whole package and i'm like i think this would be really dope with puma um he actually responded he's like i got a, a production happening in miami um and this was like sometime after he was like and I want, he's like, come by to the, the thing. So I had brought up a couple of the kids with me that I was like, you know, looking out for. Yeah. I said, 
listen, I said, y'all better put on your, put on your hustle face. <laughs> you don't get this. And they're like, like okay, Miss Lisa. <laughs> so I had gone there um, with this uh, little young boy from Overtown. He's like, my little homie, I love him. He's like, I love him. He's like, my, uh, I love this kid. But uh, we had gone there. I'm like, listen, I said, you better, you know what I'm saying? Do that talk. He's like, hi, I got you. I got you, Miss Lisa. So we went to... Uh, uh, Emery had seen the package I put together. I like, put a whole like deck together. I had you know, brought a couple of the kids through, and um, he was the one who was able to give me this contract with uh, Rock Nation and Puma, basically Puma Basketball. And it was dealing with you know because I do have like a a background in sports and so forth. So we I've got another foundation involved with it, and I ended up looking out for 150 kids in the wow. city of Miami. And Puma Sports came in, Puma Basketball came in, and we just blew that shit out. It was really beautiful. Yeah. But that's really how it happened. It's like, it was never like, I would love to say that someone said, hire her. This hat, like, she's the one. Yeah. But yeah. it was more like, you need to know her. And I just kind of, you know, I worked that the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Emory, you know, being sentenced, sentenced to 16 years in prison in his story, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure you know about, like, I'm pretty yeah. sure he was touched to see what you was doing for those kids. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because he's somebody that, you know, came home and bounced right back, made the most of Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's like, and you know, like, I, and that was one of the conversations I had because um, my father had did 10 years in prison. So, oh. so even to say that, it was like, I, I understand, like, you know, like what it is to have, a, you know, to be dealing with a parent missing or understanding, you know, um, things that could happen and, you know, that you are out of your control too. For sure. So yeah. we did, yeah. you know, and that's why I'm just happy that I was able to nurture the relationship and at least like put like this one thing when someone says, yo, you should know somebody, but it's another thing when you could sh- actually put the work behind it to prove it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And not because yeah. it's Putting like yourself you know, in the door. Could, right. Because anybody yeah. could refer you, anybody who's like, hey, man, but if your friend come in late for that job, if your right. friend don't look appropriate for the job, if your friend drops the ball on the job, then what's the point of the referral? Right, True. right. Yeah, yeah. Damn, you, you, I see why you got a book coming out. You, you, you been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's good though. So, <laughs> so with you being, you're so strong, you're hardworking, motivated, all this ambitious, all this, how are you balancing it with your personal world, your friends, love, family? Can you um, see like, I always like to ask people how they balance and everything. You know what I'm saying? Especially me being a mom, so. Well, first off, be- beautiful that you're a mother of four. That's oh, thank you. All praises. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a baby. <laughs> no, I'm I'm grown. <laughs> um, I'm not always strong. I'm not always strong. I like I like, and I think it like. I guess it's it's cool that it may come off like that, but I'm not like I I turn into a crybaby and I'm I think down. we all do, but yeah. I think when <laughs> I think when I think strong is I see someone that goes through everything that every you know what I mean all kind of stuff that we all go through as human, right. but then wake up the next day and you're still here. That's right. strong to me. It's strong as not a, a robot saying, you never felt anyway. You're just perfect. That's not, you know what I mean? Right. So and, I and, see and, what you done came through in this short time. And that's Thank strong. you. Thank you. Yeah. And I think it's just, um, I try my best. And like I said, yeah. there's times I just, I don't have the answers to everything. There's times I made like 
I know that my misery is not a type of thing or when I'm going through something, I don't like to really be around a lot of people. I just may yeah. lock myself up and mm -hmm. just be in my house and just be like, boo-hoo, cry. There's times mm -hmm. I'm definitely, I'm like, I shut down. There's times I say I'm not right. doing no work. Yeah. Um, I think in the beginning of my career, because I was so focused, I gotta work, I gotta make money, I gotta work. I, gotta, I was like, mm -hmm. and that was the robotic part. Yeah. Um, and not really taking care of myself personally. Like I have great friends, but in my personal life, like my love life, I jeopardize a lot of it because of business. Yeah. Um, where I know I should have been some paid man super wife at this point. <laughs> right. But I'm like, yeah, I'm behind you, shit. <laughs> right. So, you know, I made a lot of sacrifices because of right. uh, the business, you know, and there's people that I've been like deeply utterly in love with where I felt right. like man my world could change with this person and like wow but I chose the business over a lot yeah. and um I think that took a toll for me mm -hmm. in the past two years of my life uh where I made the I guess like the executive decision where I'm like yeah I'm not doing this no more I'm taking I'm taking more of me time and I, it, it hasn't been easy but I'll say for the right. past two years it's been um a lesson in itself that if you don't take care of your heart as much as you try to take care of your bank account mm. it's not gonna it's not gonna matter what you do yeah mm. so it's not gonna matter what you do so I'm like um recently I've made the decision I'm like this is probably you know we're like yo 20 2020 vision 2020 you know I remember yeah. praying for let me say this, my birthday is September 20th. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I used to pray for September 20th, 2020. I'm like, yo, I'm like, that's gonna be my multi-million dollar champagne right. all types of year. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna be, I told myself all these things I'm, I'm gonna have. Right. And sometimes your vision could be a little blurry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, right. one of the good things I would say that uh, for specifically for this year, I said, I'm gonna take time to heal. Yeah. And in the process of healing is doing things that make me happy. Like the stuff that used to make me happy when I was a kid. And so I actually deleted Instagram. I was like, I'm not on the gram no more because right. I felt I need to read more. Matter of fact, yeah. I remember I used to go, I used to go to dance class. I, I used to be on a dance, man, I'm going to dance class now. Oh, I used right. to play steel pan. You know what? I'm gonna buy me a steel pan. I'm gonna start practicing and doing things like that and make me happy. And now it's mm. like um turning to take my business and putting my business on not all the way on pause, but it's more I'm putting myself as a priority versus the other way around. Mm -hmm. okay. And I think it's like like you know, you need to have that because I'm telling you, you're gonna kick yourself in the ass because you could have all the money in the world, but if you ain't got nobody to share it with. Yeah. I just like to, I like for people to express themselves in a real way with no matter where they're at in life, how far or if they're starting, because I always want people to remember when they speak to me or they watch the show that right. we all going through this shit together. For so sure. that's why I was like, I want to take that time always. So when someone's watching, like, yeah, you can see someone so successful. Right. And, and have to, you know what I'm saying? And learn the baby, go back to the basics. You have to. You truly have to. Yeah. And I'm glad and I'm glad that you, you know, it's good, I think, that you asked that question because I think a lot of women or people in general, they feel like, oh yeah, you gotta be strong. No, you yeah. ain't gotta do you it's okay to cry. I don't want much. Yeah, like, it's social okay media just like, yeah, just go get a bean, go get that bag. Go I'm like, bitch, shut please, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
God damn, I'm trying to find a smoothie. Hold on, fuck. Like, <laughs> to eat in the morning, like, what the fuck? Yeah. I got to get a Benz today? Like, shit. You right. Know? So, but, yeah. And it's unfortunate yeah. that it desensitizes people from expression. Like, I feel that, you know, women have been wearing a hat to be more dominant than men have. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's like you know, and by all means, real men, real men are back in style. But you know, right, right, right. unfortunately, you know, I feel that there are a representation of both men and fe- like male and female that are just kind of like, what are you guys doing? Um, but unfortunately, I do see a higher amount of men that aren't owning their king. No. Mm-hmm. And right. I think, you know, when men need to understand that, you know, knowledge is key and how you treat a woman and mm. how you, even if she's not your woman, how you treat a woman. Right. You know, and especially if you are with somebody, like she is a reflection of you. Exactly. And, you know, you that before. yeah, like it, like yeah. she is a reflection of you. So right. it's like, I think people are, it's sad because, you know, I like, the, the men that I would love to attract in my life or to say that I've had the, you know, the greatness of having it's like strong. Like my, my identity of what I a picture a man to be is like my father was a strong man, but that didn't mean he was a insensitive man either. Yeah. Yeah. You feel me? Like I was still his daughter. Like exactly. he made me into his, like whether, you know, I, I did stuff that he wished he had a son. It didn't matter. Like he yeah. still made me, he still treated me like his daughter. He was very sensitive that I was a, a girl. He was very sensitive that I was growing up to become a woman. Right. So I feel like men need to hone into acknowledging that and setting a tone because I think the power that a man has, mm. even though I feel women have the ultimate power. Of course. But, but there's, yeah. There's a, a level I feel men need to mm-hmm. understand that I feel if a man says, listen, baby, hold up now. A woman's supposed to be like this. And there was more mm-hmm. of that encouragement. I think the shift of women that are, are unguided would completely disappear. Oh, for sure. Because I tell people this all the time. I, you know, we're strong. We might be independent, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, I think it's a natural thing for women to want to listen to the man. Of course. Like, I don't know why people, like, not understand that. Like, we actually want to do that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, even for myself, in my life situations, I had to – take back my life from the men that I did choose and my mm-hmm. fathers and now I'm like this whole I'm damn man dad mom I'm like fuck, like god damn y'all fuck this shit up and I had to take over the whole fucking boat take the wheel mm-hmm. and I'm like shit you know what I'm saying and it was over because I, I and I tried to give that to a man like right guide us the right way and I seen they were fucking about to wreck us and I was like fuck let me get all right I got it I got it but you know and it's just ridiculous and mm-hmm. and I think it has a huge huge part of why things are so confused in the way they are and where, where where do um sorry alex no where, no nothing to you, you know? no 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 i i, I, lo- I love the conversation You're a great man I'm, alex i love <laughs> <laughs> no i uh I, I love i i put it like this i used to go to the the mall with my mom my auntie and my sister and my cousin and like i would be sitting with them for hours and i would hear a lot of those conversations when i was small so right. I remember being like, you know what I'm saying, in high school where girls were saying stuff and like homeboys not understanding. I'd be like, oh, well, I kind of understand them because like I heard my mom and my aunt see it, you know, my cousin and talking about right. it. So, mm-hmm. but I, I love to uh, see where do y'all feel that comes from as far as where men don't know, you know, how to, how to treat women, how to respect them, how to 
you know, to be strong for them when they need to and all these different things. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think anybody is is born that way. You know, I think, I think it's a passed down it, misguidance. Yeah, I agree. I feel oh. a little bit of both, but I think a lot of men don't know how to be men because they didn't have a man in their life to teach. That's them. what I mean by uh, that. Exactly uh, okay. that. That's exactly what I mean. It's, it's passed yeah. down for sure. Yeah. Like, cause some men don't understand that a woman is supposed to walk on the inside of the road. Some men don't understand right. that just naturally opening the door for her. That's so crazy. Uh, cause that's like, no bullshit. Like going to sleep. I'm like, okay, I got to sleep on a certain side of the bed. I got to be the closest to the door. Right. Like all type of shit that. It's you know weird. Cause all those things we're mentioning. I do that with my kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. like those yeah, are all the things I do with my daughters. Like for yeah. real. I, I and sometimes my girl be like, I'm not your kid. But at the time in my mind, I'd be like, I be feeling like I'm that. You though. No, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I, I like. I feel like I'm supposed to do that, but that's how I'm like. But it's how you know. I've seen my pops. You know, what I'm saying do certain right. shit. So I'm like, okay, well, this must be the way I and should do certain things. So now that y'all saying that, that, it makes sense. Yeah, because right. not a lot of men see that at all. You know, so it right. Blessed. But but the world, but the world. You know, what I'm saying I think can get a hold of some men because the world we got a hold of my pops at different times and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I guess it just takes, you know, men just to be strong and, and you know, hold their ground, stand ten toes down, regardless of what's, what's coming their way. And that was going to lead to my next question with you, Lisa. So, like, you being in this industry, mm-hmm. like you said, you feel by this time you, you should have been some man's, like, some rich man's <laughs> super wife. Um, and we actually see things like that happen in this industry where there's, right. a, there's, there's a man that, you know, has a certain type of, you know, statue, whether it be through money, whatever you want to call success. And they will call these couples power couples. How do Mm -hmm. you handle that when you're doing these events and you're around all these different men and and they approach you? You know what I'm saying? Like, how how does that work for you where it might be like, damn, okay, this is supposed to be just business, but I see this is somebody that kind of wants to be afford to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I've got some good questions, Maddie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) <laughs> um, there's two things I remember one I remember when I first started being single um, perceived as single was an asset because then everybody wants to flock to you and it's kind of like it's like you know come on kids to the candy like I got you yeah. let me lure you in let me and at that time it was more like okay y'all gonna spend the money go ahead if y'all oh. want my attention cut Buy right. some bottles. Right. Like, <laughs> like I used to, you know, at that right. time I'm saying this is more like the and you know, unfortunately that was because I was looking on in a dollar a dollar amount and just whatever, I wasn't looking at it in like an integrity perspective. I just more like this is my business. Right. Um as I've gotten older and obviously more mature, I feel that um a female, unfortunately, in this entertainment industry, if she is not married, if she's not coupled or powered up, she's now viewed as um, a liability or weakness versus how before in my younger days I would be an asset, mm. if that makes sense. So like it has shifted. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it, it shifted where it's like, well, why aren't you married? Why aren't you don't? Why don't you have this? And da, da, da. so these are things, and and also it plays with your, oh dang, why aren't I? Like, is yeah. it really, is it really? <laughs> like, <laughs> listen, that's why I'm on time today. Shit, what the hell you mean? Like, <laughs> that's shit. people projecting. They projecting. They. You know, that's all that is that's you. projecting right there yeah. yeah and you know so it made me think at a point like damn and i'm like the whole time i was just focused on work and just making being successful at my business i didn't want to intertwine 
personal and you know like yes. I, I never wanted I just always felt like I had to hone in on business and I think that's the misconception of um you know because as a female it's like oh well then if I got pregnant I can't do this or you think you can't do this or or if right. I'm in a relationship he's not gonna feel comfortable if I'm around this guy because he has more money so I'm you start having all, that now right yeah yes. you go through all these Gross. things where it's like dang maybe it's just best I stay single and I just right. do whatever the hell I want and <laughs> whatever um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my co-host and, hates me when I get on here talking that shit like Right. Who's gonna do what? Mm. <laughs> like, Tell me what to do. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no, I've definitely had my chance of like I could have been in some really good relationships in yeah. my time. Um now I don't think um you know I've shifted my career from events to mainly uh doing management now, um just in lieu of everything that has transpired in life mm-hmm. um with this pandemic. But um I will say, yeah, this, it's been times where it's like you definitely feel like people make you feel uncomfortable too. They're trying to like overstep, like, hey, I'm just here to do a job. Uh, calm down. Um, and you know, there's times it could be flattering. Um, but yeah. I, again, I'm at this phase of my life, it's more like, what's your intention, sir? Which you try, because the, the type of man is like, when he sees me, he sees me as his wife. It's not. The inte- I need to know someone's intentions versus yeah. before it'd be like, oh, what you got for me? You going to dinner? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah, so me now- and Toya, was, we was talking, we had an episode where we were literally, there was a, the question of, you know, how soon is too soon to talk to someone about like marriage and children and how much they make and stuff like that. And I was telling Toya, I was like, I feel people should have those conversations as early right as possible, like right away, just to yeah. figure it out because you don't want to end up getting too too involved, you know what I'm saying, to the point where um, the intolerable becomes tolerable. And it's like, fuck, you know, now I care. I love you now. Now it's like, shit, like, no, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not okay with that, but it's too late now. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. No, no, you should should just get get the elephant out of the room. Like, why would you want to be with someone who doesn't want to have children? And you want to have children. Why would you want to be with somebody? um, Let's just say if their moral integrity is are completely opposite than yours. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, what's the yeah. point? Like, yeah, somebody could look good. And that's the thing about, like, I guess, like, the level of maturity and growth. I remember younger, I used to be like, man, he got he to gotta look like this. He got to be like, he got to have this. He got to be this certain height. And I'm like, hell no. Nah. It's like, the men right. that I've been in love with don't look nothing like what I thought I wanted in life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was tripping. <laughs> like, so much for my psychic abilities. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Oh, that went out though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, like, with you being in managing, and this is something more new for you, right? Like, correct. So, I yeah, I started management. Um, I started picking up management about October, November of last year. Okay. Um, twenty nineteen, and I started managing. Ironically, because just life is. I used to pray to say that I wanted to work with only a female artist when it comes mm-hmm. to events. But I felt like I was, you know, because of the challenge of being a female event producer, yeah. um, you know, and having my company and like I have to manage so much. And sometimes when you deal with male clients, they overstep. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't got to deal with that if I got to deal with a woman because she ain't going to try to, all- I mean, she could, but I don't. <laughs> they got other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's like, I don't got to deal with the, Yo, so you know, once this project is done, what you think? Like, I don't, <laughs> sir, sir, <laughs> I'm changing sir. my number after this project. <laughs> I'm here to do my job. 
So I was actually praying for the longest time. I was like, man, I want to work with a female artist so badly. So last year, September, um, I was at that time dealing with Melly, the Melly. Melly, uh, Melly who's Melly. Uh, under the big umbrella? Umbrella Interscope, yes. So yeah. you know, Melly's dope. She's a Dominican artist uh, from Harlem, New York, and she's just like crazy. Like she's, yeah. you know, she's like she, she raps. Yeah, she's dope. The Spanish English, like she's fire. So me and her were working last year, and I was just like, man, listen, I'm gonna get you in the studio with some other producers, and because I feel like you need a hit, like something that's gonna knock yeah. your shit out the park, because that's the band I want to produce. Yeah. So if I gotta merge you with X, Y, and Z to connect the dots, like, and this is kind of like in the sense I was trying to do like. Not that I wanted to do A and R, or not that I wanted even to to do half of the shit that I was doing, but I think as a business person, as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you gotta be okay with putting on multiple hats. Right. Um, if you gotta be the janitor, you gotta be the janitor. Okay. If you gotta be the camera person, you gotta be the camera person. Right. I remember, like growing up, it was like, oh, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. You're like always focus on one thing. And I remember that was like a thing in school to like only you're supposed to do one thing, one thing. But I'm like, no, you need to be versatile because right. if you don't know how to be in this day and age, it, you turn into a liability in your business. Mm. So mm-hmm. last year at that time, it was, I'm just more focusing on the music aspect because I really wanted to work so hard with Melly to be her, like her female event director. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to do, whatever production she wanted, whether it was a fashion show, album, birthday, it didn't right. matter, dinner, her mama thing, it didn't right. matter. My whole point was, you need a big song so we can get you, so we can get that money to get X, X Y, and Z going. Right. Um, but I had brought her to Atlanta and I had met this female director at the time. Uh, her name is Des Gray. And it was very preliminary, just like, again, just around the fashion industry and just certain people we had connected dots with. And she's like, listen, I'm like, I might have a production in my in Miami if I need help with something. I said, like, for sure, hit me up because I got vendors. I'll let you I'll let you know for your production. Um, and from there, we just grooved, and it was just very organic. And she liked the way I handled my business. And she's like, can you manage me? And I feel like artists know who they want to represent them and you know the funny thing nice. in my mind I kept praying to God I'm like I want to work with a female artist I want to work with a female artist never did I know it was going to be a female director but she's the artist yeah and the way it worked I was like you know what this is actually dope and it ends up being um really cool because even though like I'm her business manager on video sets I still do the sense of like a production because we need to do something in the arts or whatever the case is and but because right. I'm also visually inclined and I have the history of the media content and shooting we work so well with one another. Right. So um, Des and I have been working since last year. I'm going to say like, just a, for safe value, let's just say like November 2019. And um, we actually are going to be shooting Melly's video next week in Miami. Awesome. So, so it comes in full circle. Um, so yeah, and I, so I manage her and I also manage another female artist. Um, she's a Latin English um, American artist, Veronica Vega. Mm-hmm. Um, super dope um she's in the transition of you know rebranding herself and being independent so it's it's cool though so i'm just it's been very interesting management is like you like the mom yeah the security i I heard like (laughs) with with that like you know sometimes you have to put the artist before yourself do you ever feel that way like with Um, the managing at times like i mean i think i think at times you have to it's a lot of time management Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think just because of an event, I come from the event world in production, I've been able to 
be very organized with my time. You're able to multitask. You like okay. correct. <laughs> so if right. I didn't have that as my background, yeah, then I probably would be dropping the ball on here. Okay. Um, but because I have to be so in production world, you have to be like, all right, this is coming in at this time. You got to do this. Like we're so scheduled and it's kind of yeah. like in business and in, in management, I got to be able to be like, all right, this is her time. This is my time. This is what's going on between here. Right. Yeah. So it's your so background cool. and where you already, what you was already building prepared you for this. So Correct. you're like, okay, I know exactly how to do that. Right. And, and I'm still though, learning. Like, yeah, I'm everything's like, not perfect, but yeah, yeah. it's still, yeah. Yeah, because some people yeah. come and just in and be like, yeah, I want to be a manager, you know, just start trying to <laughs> learn. Some yeah. shit. No, I definitely picked up but. the phone and I called a lot of my peers that I've known um, that like that I've worked with, I guess, like for me being an event producer and I was just like, Leverage. hey, I'm about to be a manager. Right. Y'all got some keys for me in their life. They're like, ah, they're like, nigga, you about to lose your motherfucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, do you know what you get into? That's so funny. You about to lose your motherfucking mind. <laughs> they be like, man, you'll be all right. <laughs> right. That's why I was trying to like, eat. I was trying to be soft about it. Like, are you okay? Just blink twice mm -hmm. if you. <laughs> but now I definitely called a few of my peers in the in the game that I felt like you know represent a lot of great people, and right. I was just like, man, give me some gems. What I got it to, right? So like, just so like, just breathe. Just don't went to woo stuff. Like, all right. Who, who are? <laughs> did you do you mind speaking on some of those peers who who have been uh, helpful to you and giving you just some advice? You don't have to necessarily give the details of the advice. Was it somebody that you've been able to lean on? Because it seems like Joe was somebody you could lean on in the facet when you were just focusing on only the events. But in, as far as management, because you you took it further than just managing Melly and veronica you actually have lr management so you know yeah i was wondering who is this kind of been in your ear to kind of help steer you in the right direction with this right well i wasn't managing melly i was just working with her just to working with her my like, bad, my yeah bad. um but um as far as call um management wise for the lr brand events um i did call aronde garrett who represents edris alba um jesse williams so he was like aronde super dope i called nigel tally he does uh he works with a lot of artists from he's been working in the years for he's under like that whole New York of whether you want to affiliate him with the Mark Pitts or you really want to affiliate him with the Puff or the street life of you know hardcore rap not nah, very like there's there's yeah. Nigel um I actually is uh ironically when I started in Headliner 2 um Miss Nikki, who she did, she does like the humans resource. She's very, she did Luke and Trick Daddy. And I guess just coming kind of under her tutelage mm -hmm. when I was started in Headliner, how she was very organized and on point and how she would correct me on always have paper trail, always do this. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not that, again, because at that time I had nothing, to, I wasn't even thinking of management at all. I was just thinking about like, I got a job and I'm here, yeah. let me secure it. Um, but it's just how she handles her business and she was very direct and clear. And I'm very keen now. Like you cannot, first off, you can't reach me unless you send me an email. Period. Right. Right. When people are like, oh, can I get your number? Nah, here's my email. Because I make it a point and that would, I will say, I, I, I definitely adopted that and grateful of Miss Nikki that she definitely showed me certain like fundamentals of how to conduct business and being on point. So there's a few people I've called, but those are like the three that really. That's what's up. With, with Veronica Vega, she had the, the track A Million uh, featuring Quavo. Yeah. Um, how 
if you wouldn't mind speaking to to that, how you're able to put that together with her being independent, you know. So at that time, Vega was still under her label, Zone 4, um, but I was doing her production. So I had known Vega as like, you know, being my, as an event planner in my stuff. So at that time I had did her video release party and um, yeah, I just did this whole event for her at the Soho house last, I'm gonna say that was last year, August. Um, but we had known each other for a few years, but I guess like, again, I guess her knowing me and us building that relationship in production world and her seeing how I've done handled the business and getting like getting, getting shit done. Like, you know, yeah. like, you get that's to the the best yeah, just like, just got to get it done, figure it out, get it done. Um, build the strength in our foundation mm-hmm. um, where she was able to say, you know, I'm going independent and. I would love for you to, you know, be this person for me. And I was just like, you know, it, it made sense because I guess there was that comfort of she could already rely that she would be able to walk in something and have a smile on her face and walk out also. So yeah. I think, you know, in business, it made sense too, where she was like, all right, well, at least I know that you're professional. I know you were able to do this. So that's really the transition of from that point. But when she did that record with Quavo, that was through her label at the time. But I, I came into the play by doing the production end. Okay. Uh, who are your who are your go-to producers that you deal with? Go to um in events or we're we talking about Well, well I mean the, uh, with the music cuz I mean Polo obviously four. at Zone 4 was, you know, somebody that she had access to. Right. Um so my go-to music producers obviously I, I'm going to keep it at home, so I'm going to say Boy Wonder. I'm going to say 1985. <laughs> <laughs> These are my friends from high school. Yeah. Um yeah. That's what's up, yeah. Yeah, and then I think another dope uh, producer that I really love, he's out here in Miami too, uh, Super Dupes. I think he's amazing. Uh, Chinese Jamaican man, super hard. Like, I love him. He's just, you know, that's just like the rhythms. Like, you're, gonna catch, you're always going to catch the nice rhythms from him. Yeah. yeah. Um, another dope music producer. Oh, dang, there's so many. I don't want, I'm like, I'm just going to say those three, but because I don't want hey, them to fun. be like, yeah. why did you say we're going to high school with 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 boy wonder um did you did you see that in him back then as a producer i mean obviously people know about the production that he's done with drake but even beyond the production he's done for drake he's done so many more uh like classics you know for other people that's why he's one of the younger people that are able to do a versus you know i remember when they announced it people were like how can boy wonder and hit boy i'm like oh he has a catalog, you know what I'm no, saying? He has so, a catalog. Did you um, did you see that back then? Yeah, I think it's funny though, because you know, when you're kids and you're high school and you're in high school days, uh, mind you, there were three different high schools that were all like in the same vicinity. So he had um so 1985 went to one, I went to the other, and um Matthew Boy Wonder went to like there's three high schools in our town. And Back then, like, I remember he would just be the kid that would just stay home and be in his basement and just work on beats. He was very, like, just work on beats. So at that time, you don't really think of, you don't really think your friends are going to be huge superstars. Like, yeah. you just, they're just like, oh, that's the homie. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, even the same thing like my godbrothers, like, at the time they played ball, no one would have probably, it's a dream to be that. It's the what you mm. anticipate, but when you actually see it flourish, it's kind of like, dang, man, all those years you were in the basement, look at that, look at it paid off. So, but right. yeah, I mean, at that time, you just, we were just kids. Like everybody was just passionate and focused on their, on their dreams and whatever aspirations they had. Like people were writing, people were 
singing. People were making beats and shit. People were fighting. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, not nah, just hanging out, really. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? We was at the corner store getting a little beef patty and cocoa bread. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get some ketchup on that. <laughs> it's like I knew you before you was landing all these big placements. Right. <laughs> that's what's so up. We're just, yeah, we just running around, man. Just Wait, that's kidding. crazy. So now I'm thinking about it. Okay, so you coming from Toronto and Miami. That's like when, when Drake signed with, with Young Money Cash Money Universal, they were kind of based in Miami at that time. Did y'all happen to cross paths at all? No, I wasn't actually, uh, at that time, I wasn't in the States, but I remember. Oh, that's that right, was, that's right, because that was, that yeah. was 20, 2010, 2010. Yeah, I was, that yeah. was, I was, ooh, I was booming in Toronto, then I wasn't even thinking about Miami. But, yeah, right. I was like, y'all got to come to my shit. Miami. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I, they were doing a lot, I know, um, they're, I think, yeah, they were really in Miami at that time, because I remember there was a point, it was like, everybody's Instagram had 416 and 305 as yeah. the area code. Yeah. And yeah, but I'm I was like, I wasn't even thinking of Miami. I used to come every once in a while just to come to a party, just on a whatever. Um whatever it was a weekend or you know, you take a little trip, but yeah. I was very happy at home at that time. Yeah. I was like, I was not thinking of nothing. <laughs> are you are you looking to build your, your management roster or is it one of those things where you kind of wanna stick with what you have throughout the end? You know, because some people are like, Hey, this is what I want to start with and I'm gonna compounded from here I don't know you know that's a um a good question I, I've been asked that a few times like would I extend it and look at um, managing more clients and a few people have asked me this throughout my times I've always honestly said no I wasn't going to do it um and I don't think I am I think I'm very content with the two artists that I have because I think mm -hmm. I still have my own personal um aspirations for myself like this new chapter in my life of I feel like I'm starting a new beginning Mm -hmm. um you know when they say what's your five-year goal i feel like i yeah. achieved my five-year goal within right. three years when mm -hmm. i came yeah okay. like and i know i could say that's my pom-poms like i said like i did it uh you know i i executed it came here with a vision right. i think i'm starting a whole new five-year goal for myself um and i think with that being said i have to be fair to the woman i am of you yeah, so, you know, yeah. the things that I've learned, the things that I've, like, sacrificed and lost mm -hmm. out of, that I need to have my time, I need to have my own passion time, and I need to have also the business end of scale to make sure everybody stays afloat. So, I, no, I'm good with the the two. Right, yeah. right. Uh, only because I, I heard you mention uh, the thing with uh, the woman, that, the person that handles things for Idris Elba, it reminded me, you, you actually put together the American Black Film Festival as well, mm -hmm. and you did something with Gabrielle Union with her book, book tour, am I right? Yeah, I did. That was, um, again, that was like another referral that um, her direct event, her event director had reached out to me because um, they wanted to do one in Miami and we joined forces to collaborate a production. So uh, it was cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, so um, Arande, he, he's for the ABFF. I did something for them on that end um, and we still maintain relationships and and he actually has like this amazing, at that time, it was uh, one of their assistants, Dion Jones, who's done phenomenal work in the industry. And he's like catapulted where he's at now in his career. Um, but yeah, so everything kind of, like, like I said, a lot of my business has been based off of a referral or a word of mouth to be like, you need to know Lisa, whatever you need to get done. Like she's the go-to, like, and I've always been, I guess that that's been my hat, like 
you need to get something done, talk to Lisa. Lisa going to get it done for you. So that's how the Gabrielle Union came into play. But I think that happened before ABFF, if I'm not mistaken. I would like to, I would, I think so. That's what it was. Ke- yeah. Keenan Ivory, I think this is up with ABFF too, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Probably, yeah. But that, yeah, yeah, but my, my relationship again was with the Dion Jones and um, Aranda that was able to do like Jesse Williams thing um, to that's be a part. Yeah. That's powerful. I mean, because, you know, with us being able to tell our stories, you know, it doesn't happen as often as it should, you know. Right. We were, um, we were looking at a post earlier. I think it was, um, man, from L.A. I'm getting the name. It's a, it's a rapper from L.A. He's independent, very successful. Uh, it's on the top of my head. But but anyway, he had, it's been going viral today. Where Vince Staples, where Vince Staples was, was actually speaking about, like, with us in the Black community, a lot of times we feel like we are forced to sell the trauma like a lot of the slave movies and there's nothing wrong with that you know Mm -hmm. but it's just a matter of it's so excessive you know it's like when can you see some of the other stories that we want to tell and it's like you know we'll really get those opportunities so me i'm actually an actor myself i'm definitely a fan of what you did with with that i was like wow she's involved with the american black film festival this is something that you know as a talent definitely uh extend my my respect for that thank you thank you i appreciate it i hope you know um like uh my event producer, production director had to come back on. I, I don't know where we're at with events um, in Luda, everything what's going on with the nature of the world now. Um, I don't think events will ever be the same. So probably like from what I was told, August, 2021 were shut off. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I hopefully one day I'll return to it. But I think right now I'm trying to if it if it makes sense, I'll you know I'll, by all means I would love to do another production. But right now I think it's best for Lisa Raw at this point is to focus on the grown Lisa and yeah. do some other stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Your last tweet said you got to, sometimes you got to take a step back and take ten steps forward. So right. that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, you got to uh, go off the grid sometimes to be appreciated. Yeah. It's oh, actually yeah. a part. Yeah. This um, if you read Forty Eight Laws of Power, absence will gain you more respect mm. and it will hire yeah your equity will go up so i was you know it's when i deleted instagram i started reading a bunch of books and uh right the four agreements was one of them um i, I read this other book uh with abraham hicks i thought it was really good the basis of um, the teachings yes so um that was I believe that's that's one of the books. And then also I started to get into the 48 Laws of Power. And I was just thinking about, because I write and I think it's important, you know, sometimes right now, I think we're always trying to prove something to other people. And sometimes we're like, who is, who are these people that we got to prove ourselves to? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) And um I think right now for myself in business, I just want to be able to be at peace and find a level of uh, confidence of a newfound business for myself. Like I really want to be like, all right, this is my new project. This is my new baby. I'm going to dedicate to her and I'm going to make this, this motherfucker grow. Like, and that's, that's, (laughs) that's what I really want. But you know, I can't do that with events no more. So it's like, you know what? It's time for a new, a new page. Gotcha. We thank you so much for taking the time out to sit with us uh, today and just share your story um, until the book comes out. Uh, Something we ask everybody to do here at Pretty Lives of Ugly Truths is shout out the five people 
um, that play the biggest part in what we see from them because they know, you know, they say we're some of the five people that we are around or communicate with the most. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be in order if you wouldn't mind shouting out those five people in your life. Five people in my life or five people do I love? Um, okay. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, well, well, I mean, yeah. We, we, there's, yeah. there's people that have inspired me because uh, I feel played a big uh, key in my life. Um, but I'll give you five people of a little bit of both. Okay. Um, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Nina Simone, I think she's amazing. I think she, what she did was um, key. Um, I'm going to say, obviously, my mother, my father. Two other people. Kobe Bryant. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, you hit Alex with that one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he was an amazing, dedicated athlete. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he is, yeah. Legendary. Mm -hmm. Um great father. Great Great father. Yeah. All around. Yeah. I I really like the way he 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 had his life. And Nina Simone, Kobe Bryant. I'm gonna put my parents in one. Um Lisa Rod, <laughs> okay, but this person I want, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> and God, mm. nice. I like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and I forgot to ask: Did you have something to do with the the baby's my way video? The baby's my way video. You posted you you posted a behind the scenes picture with that or video with that with did that with with Simone. Be Simone. So yeah. Des Des Gray, the director I manage, she has a production company called Foreign Made Films. Her we had the staff underneath there was conducting the BTS. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. You'd be everywhere. So you <laughs> no, I'm somewhere affiliated, I, but it wasn't. We let everybody, every guest close it out by shouting out their hashtags at signs.coms, websites, whatever, you know, any, anywhere people can get in contact with you to, to spend money or invest in anything you got going on. Uh, okay. Well, first off, thank you, uh, Toya. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate you guys for having thank me on the you. show. I think you guys did phenomenal. Thank you for this interview. Thank you for emailing me. Right. <laughs> shout out to Diaz. Right, right. Um, in regards to following me, I mean, um, the only Instagram page I have running right now is um, at LR Brand and Events. Um, Lisa Raw is no longer up as yet, but she'll be back at some point. Right. But if you, you can reach me at info at lisaraw.com, find me on Twitter. Again, I'm really off the grid, but <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, but like I said, I'm like I'm like Jay Z. Can't get my number, but you can email me, baby. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you again. I really appreciate thank it. You um, so much, especially you being off the grid right now. We are lucky. We we're yeah. blessed. You know what? But no, I appreciate. It. I was like, you know what? Let me let me do a little preview for y'all. I like that. I like that. <laughs> thank you for having me on Pretty Lies and Ugly Truth. I really love it. Um, I think you guys are doing amazing, and I look forward to seeing more. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate that. All right. All right. All right. Be blessed. The truth